0: We shall, inshallah, be presenting simultaneous English translation of the Friday sermon by Amirul Mu'mineen, Hadrat Khalifatul Masih IV, delivered at the Fadal Mosque, London, on 22nd of March, 1991.
1: أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمداً عبده ورسوله أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi rahman ar-Rahim Alhamdulillah ar-Rahman ar rahim Malik ayyami Aya ka do Fatiha
0: Se says In the last few sermons I have been discussing Chapter Al-Fatiha That how it teaches us The method of prayer And tells us The formula of worship and is a means to develop a relationship with us and then it is also a means to establish relations with mankind therefore one should not put just a cursory glance on this chapter but while reciting it one should reflect on its meaning deeply in each prayer and at the same time one should continue to apply it on oneself if a man were to accustom himself to see his reflection in the mirror of chapter Al-Fatiha, then better than there can be no other adornment. One cannot think of a better means of adornment, because it is the most true mirror. Better than this, there is no mirror that can reflect your true image. In this connection, in the meaning of al Hand I was discussing previously, I had explained to the Jamaat clearly that though we say
1: that
0: that the entire praise, exclusively all kind of perfect praise is for Allah alone and for no one else and whatever praise one receives it is granted by Allah alone. In this connection I had put the day-to-day observations of the world and had explained that we do say this but generally in the day-to-day life we become immersed in the praise of the creation and we do not think of the praise of the Creator. We will love the flower, love the garden, Love nice houses Love beauty Whether it is beauty of the living beings Or of inanimate objects We will love dignity and power But the existence which is at work Behind these things Man's mind does not think of him In his day-to-day life When such a man In many of the rakas Postures Of his five daily prayers or more than that, declares
1: Alhamdulillah
0: and affirms it, then in this affirmation and declaration there is no appreciable reality. Despite the fact that when he says this, he is not lying. These words do not reflect in his day to day life. They are not painting a picture of his day-to-day life. In this connection, I want to direct your attention today, especially to this subject. I don't remember whether previously I have put detailed light on this subject or not, that in the path of the praising of Allah, the greatest obstacle is put up by man's own self and the greatest idol is found within man. Because although, as a result of his praise of the physical world, man is often negligent of the praise of the Creator, but the idol of self is such that it actually develops thought of idolatry. Greater than this, there is no other idol which should claim divinity in conflict with God. If in your daily life you were to examine yourself and your intentions, you will be amazed to find that despite being a believer in the unity of Allah, often when you say that all praise in its entirety is for God alone, the voice rises from within your heart that that all praise is for me, is for me. Although this voice is not heard by every man in these words, that he should realize it in this form. Therefore, he does not pay attention to this voice. But in fact, it is a voice which a man can hear if he were to try to hear it in his day-to-day experiences. Take for instance a good singer. When he recites a poem before an audience in a beautiful and eloquent voice, the ovation he receives from all directions, it so satisfies his self. It gives him such pleasure that at that point his self becomes his God. And often his mind does not go to this, that how his singing developed. Who granted him the voice? how much his own effort is involved in the singing, and to what extent Allah's mercy and favor is involved in this. If the attention is diverted to this, then every singer will have no position in his own sight. To be born in a family where he has been blessed with a good voice, to be born in such a society where it was possible to clean and polish the voice further, and to have facilities to make it more melodious and attractive, to be protected from such diseases which can harm the throat and impair one's voice. All these things are worth considering, but are superficial. When you dive deeper and study the system of voice, you are amazed to see that how Allah has established a voice system in the throat of every man which has developed to its present stage after the evolution of of years and to clean and polish it to give it glow and to impart further splendor to its capacities thousands of generations of life had become part of history after acting their part in this evolutionary process and no one knows that in the experiments which the nature did on them what procedures were followed to perfect the system of sound the animals that we see today a of their life from the beginning to the present time also teaches us a great deal and a man is amazed to see how the voice had started whereas before this stage this universe was totally silent. Life did exist, but one individual life could not communicate to the other through the medium of sound. I have also discussed this subject thus far previously, but now I want to mention with regard to the subject under discussion that everyone whom Allah has granted sweet voice, if his mind were never to divert to these things, and should always wallow in his own praise, then an idol begin to develop in his heart, which will continue to become more powerful and will prevail over the rest of his existence, because the idol of association with God does not remain restricted within its own circle, but spreads and grows and continues to become more powerful. Similarly, if one is a good speaker and receives applause when he gives a good speech or there is a good poet who is enabled to present subtle thoughts in terse and beautiful words, then mostly the same subject is repeated which I have already mentioned in connection with voice. Also if one is a good artist, is a good teacher or is a skilled artisan, in short, Whatever capacities Allah has granted in man, whether they are physical, intellectual, or are linked to his heart, this fits to all of them that each man eventually follows in his own praise. And when such a man declares this again and again before Allah, that his day to day life has no link with this declaration. So when offering your prayer, you say,
1: Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen.
0: you should see your face in this mirror and should reflect that in the experiences of your day-to-day life how often you had presented the praise before God which the people presented to you. You did not consider it your own praise but with perfect modesty and humility
1: Uttering.
0: That is, all homage of words, worship, and piety is for Allah. You presented that praise to Allah alone. And as all the gifts are to be presented to Him alone, you exempted yourself of all praise. If you could develop in you the capacity to do this, then your heart will not remain empty of praise. Because Allah always returns the praise, multiplied manifold, which is presented to Him. And as a result, a man truly starts to become praiseworthy. Then, whatever way he is praised, it is a praise linked to Allah. The voice of God moves the hearts, the voice of God prevails over the minds. And the songs of praise for such a person, which rise from people, they make him Mahmood and Muhammad. And this was one of the great wisdom in giving the name Muhammad to the Holy Prophet. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. That he had presented his own praise in entirety throughout his life always to God. And he always continued to exempt himself from that praise. And as a result of that, Allah made him Muhammad. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Thus, Ahmads are changed into Muhammad. And they are pure, honest and sincere. And as Ahmads praise God and do not let the idol of their own self intervene, from this point of view, the subject of
1: Alhamdulillah,
0: puts before us a long process of training and this process cannot come to an end throughout one's life because this subject is so subtle and some of its aspects remain so hidden from man's glance that one needs to struggle all one's life to free himself of his own praise. Despite that, a man cannot attain that muqami mahmud, praiseworthy station, which is granted to the chosen servants of God. Therefore, with prayer, imploring Allah's help, one should always continue this jihad of self. Often, a man who is accustomed to his own praise, he becomes, he develops a habit of becoming extremely happy on small things and develops a habit of bragging so the holy quran has linked the subject of farehun with false praise of man and i will explain this a little later you must have seen its displays in the sports fields also for example if one is a player of the indian game adi he uses his skill to release himself of the hold of a player of the opposing side, then on his run back to his side he makes strange displays. At times he raises his two fingers as a sign of victory. At times he makes strange sounds to announce that I have demonstrated great skill, and at times beats his chest to signal his victory. Similarly whenever someone scores a goal in a game of football you must have seen how he makes strange movements he jumps with joy and to display his pride he twists his body in various forms. Some shout and others make these displays in silence. These scenes remain prominent before you and they show to what extent man thirsts for praise and this thirst compels him that wherever he can find a few drops of praise he should not only drink it but should display boastfully that yes today my thirst is quenched these incidents do happen in our day-to-day life as we look at others we do see them but when we put a glance on ourself we do not see them therefore it is necessary to explain this subject very clearly That you will not see this craving for praise in yourself as you see this craving in others. At times you laugh on boastful displays of other people, but you forget that these boastful displays are done by yourself daily, but your eyes do not see it. The Holy Quran says that when this craving becomes more intense, then a man begins to desire (laughs) praise which it is obvious that he does not deserve. That is, some incidents of praise, as I have said, are such for which a man has done some good work, but that good work was not connected to his own ability as it was connected with Allah's limitless grace. For him to forget it at the time or not to be able to see the hand of Allah at work at the back of his effort and not be able to witness untold manifestations of Allah's creation. To some extent, this is worth reminding or worth explaining to him. But the Holy Quran says
1: that... Many <laughs> that
0: you must never think that those who show off on small things that they feel proud of what little they achieve that what if one did or at least in one's own view one did then they start boasting about little things they suffer this disease also that whatever work they have not done they expect praise for that also. And when this disease increases to this
1: level, (laughs) then
0: you must be certain that they are not protected from torment. (laughs) And they will be made to suffer a painful punishment. This subject certainly relates to the next life. But it is wrong to think that it is not connected with this life. Because when the thirst for praise increases so much that a man begins to desire praise even for those things, a thirst develops within him to be praised for the things in the accomplishment of which he has played no part. That is, the work was done by someone else, but he begins to get praise for himself. You can witness this in your daily life, in each home, in each organization. And you will see it in human relations and in the relations between nations. If you look closely, if someone has done something good and one is not told, for instance, talking in the home, that although you know who has done some good work and you ask suddenly who has done it, then automatically many of the children will raise their hand and say, Yes, we have done it. If they are sure that no one will find out who had actually done it, then most of the children are inclined to get praise for something which they have not done. It by their brother or sister, but since praise was being given, they say, We have done it, even if one cannot do this. The habit of sharing in the praise is so strong that seldom will a man be free of it. If there is a good meal and you ask who has cooked it, then if the lady of the house has cooked it, then someone else will say, It was I who suggested the spices. The third will say, It was I who suggested the recipe. It will say, I had stirred it with a spoon. In short, each one will want to share the credit. This is witnessed daily in small things, but as it progresses further, it changes into deep disease, and it is feared that later on such people may suffer some deep spiritual diseases. Here it is not necessary to go into its detail. Each person can reflect on the incidents in his life, and examine the extent he has stumbled in this field. The desire for praise is quite natural. But to keep it within limits, and to check it, is another matter. But what hasn't even happened, and for that to have a desire for false praise, is a grave disease, and becomes the worst kind of idolatry. Such people then snatch praise of Allah, and in each case they try to take credit for everything, claiming that it has happened because of us and when this disease becomes more minute it takes on strange forms and I want to put an example of it before you for which you will know that even pious people do not remain protected from this kind of disease generally they are believers in the unity of Allah but they slip up in many of the things there is also a tendency that if there is some grace of Allah then man searches for a piety in him because of which he had deserved this blessing of Allah. When Allah did a special favor on man, he says that it is because I had shown sympathy for the poor. If Allah showed great favor and restored his health, the man thinks that it was because I had been kind to such and such a person. So much so that if some special grace of Allah descends on someone, then the comments which people give, they are to find some good qualities in that person, that if Allah has shown his grace, it is because this of his quality has been accepted and has been of use to him. In the day-to-day phraseology of man, which we often hear, they say, this pious deed of his has been of use to him, whereas the fact is that what to talk of man's piety and what their relevance If Allah were to take account of man, of his good deeds against his misdeeds, then none will have any piety to his credit. One does think of his piety, but he forgets his evil deeds. And those Allah's favors, which are a result of his sheer grace, he starts attributing those graces to himself, that it was because of my such-and-such good quality. But a man who has in-depth knowledge of the Divine, is never deceived about this. For instance, Hazrat Promised Messiah says in
1: that,
0: All is your grace. We brought nothing from our own home. How simple, but what a great and forceful expression it is. How deep and lasting wisdom has been expressed in this simple line. All is your grace. We brought nothing from our own home. So when we say, Alhamdulillah, all praise belongs to Allah. long as one is not inclined to think that all is your grace and we have brought nothing of our own. Until then, the subject of alhamd cannot be perfected. And until then, the prayer of <laughs> cannot develop power so when you exempt yourself entirely of praise and count all favors of Allah as his grace and sing his praises and then as you say (laughs) then the heart submits with complete sincerity and submits to God acknowledging that we have not considered any praise for us Therefore, we do not worship ourselves. We have not considered any praise for anyone else. Therefore, we do not worship others. And you know, and you are watching, that when we have presented the entire praise to you, then beside your worship, nothing remains with us. In such a condition, Abd becomes Abid. That is, the servant becomes the worshiper and no longer remains an ordinary man. Everyone, in any case, is a servant of God. But the chapter Al-Fatihah changes a servant into a worshipper. Only then he has a right to submit.
1: Are gonna say.
0: That everything has been deposited in your treasure. Nothing remains in our possession. Therefore, we seek help from you alone. And without your help, we will be able to gain nothing. The word Nastaim includes everything. All prayers can be included in this prayer of nasta'in, and automatically the desire of praise included in this prayer. For instance, when a man passes through all these stages, taking care at each step and passing through with extreme care, and purifies himself entirely of idolatry and begins to understand his true position before God and then he says then all his prayers whether he has uttered them or not are granted and after that when he says then his prayers enter new subjects they are the subjects of divine blessings which have no limits and it is an unending process in this connection the whole he has been put before us since i have already talked on this subject therefore i will not touch it here but ananta has four levels and in chapter al fatiha right at the beginning four attributes of allah have been mentioned whoever will perfect his link with these four attributes he will reach to the highest level of ananta and to whatever extent his link with the divine acts will be weak to that extent he will gain a lower level in the groups of ananta alaihim that is, those on whom Allah bestows His blessings. So it is wrong to say that any level has been ended for good. Each level is continuing, but the way the divine attributes have been presented in the chapter Al-Fatiha, those attributes are deeply linked to the Holy Prophet. May peace and blessings of Allah. The way, with perfect worship, with perfect humility, His Holiness, Muhammad Mustafa, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, had exempted himself of praise and developed link with the Rab attribute, with the Rahman attribute, with the Rahim attribute, and with the Malik attribute. Since then, the levels of these links have risen very high. Therefore, for the future, Allah made it obligatory that now the ordinary link with the Rab, Rahman, Rahim, and Malik attributes will not work whoever will follow Allah and this messenger and will develop a link with Allah with the charms with which Muhammad the messenger of Allah may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him developed link with his creator for him, all the doors of these blessings are open. And since this subject has become more difficult and much higher, and the demonstrator who had applied this subject on his life and demonstrated to us, he has taken this subject to its ultimate perfection. Therefore, it has become more difficult to reach to the ultimate level. But even the ordinary level of this submission are such that they are equal to the highest levels attained in the previous times. The Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has explained this subject clearly in these words.
1: (inaudible) These scholars are
0: not prophets. They are not prophets of the high level of my ummah. But as far as the past ummas are concerned, you find many religious scholars, saints, and pious people in my ummah who will be equal to their prophets. So this is the subject in view of which An-Amta alayhim has opened such a vast gate and has invited us to step ahead on such a path which is unending and has put the entire history of the prophets in a collective form, as though many flags have been put up along that path, and at the end is the flag of the Muhammadan station and is continuously giving this open invitation that if you want to come, then come this far and do not try to stop on the way. Your fatigue must not overwhelm you on the way. So this travel, on whichever stage man will breathe his last, that is the level of Amta alaihim for him and he is the most fortunate who is enabled to reach to the feet of muhammad the messenger of allah may peace and blessings of allah be upon him after this the subject is of
1: alaihim kam.
0: that is those who incurred allah's displeasure and those who had gone astray here it is worth remembering that although in explanation of we say that it means the Jews and although in explanation of we say that it means the Christians but it is the glory of Allah and it is the eloquence and rhetoric of chapter Al-Fatiha that it has not mentioned the name of any nation or any religion. Subject which has been mentioned is just this that whoever will break his link with the aforementioned four attributes of Allah, or will break this much link that he should be cut off from the mercy of Allah, he will be counted among Maghdoob alayhim. And whoever will keep that link, but in a crooked way, with crookedness, he will be counted among the Dawalin group. If you reflect on this subject, it opens a vast study of history before you. Those nations who had become maghdoob, the Holy Quran has itself mentioned why they had become maghdoob. In what way and in which places they broke their link with the fundamental attributes of Allah and repeatedly broke that link. And after how long a forgiveness and after how long a forbearance, eventually declared them magadub. In this connection with this study, you will know which things you have to avoid, and you will also learn that you need not give yourself to despair on small things. You must make effort. If you stumble once, even then, although it is a point of danger, but you have not been declared totally rejected. After a long period which is spread over a thousand years, Allah declared the nations maghdoob as a result of their repeated errors and as a result of their insistence on error. So the picture that rises from this is that there is a hope of life to the very last breath. But if we died in the state of committing those errors, then we will die in the condition of maghdoob. So whereas on one side it is a message of hope, on the other side it is also a warning. And what is worth remembering is that why have the Jews not been named in the chapter Al-Fatihah? Fatiha? is because the Holy Quran declares that despite being Mahdub as a nation, they still have pious people among them today. Even today there are worshippers of God among them. Even today Unitarians are found among them And even today People are found among them Who love God If they had received the true message of Islam Or they were acquainted today With the excellence of the Holy Prophet May peace and blessings of Allah be upon him They will certainly have accepted Islam And will have joined the followers of the Holy Prophet May peace and blessings of Allah be upon him isolated from their surroundings they worship God have firm faith in him and give sacrifices for him so you see that the chapter al Fatiha has discharged its responsibility of justice it opened the history of the Magdub before us but at the same time it has also warned us that to consider any one nation Magdub in the sense that no pious man can be born among them is a wrong concept. Therefore, where it called them Maghdoob as a nation, it has not mentioned anyone by name. And wherever the Holy Quran has declared the Jews Maghdoob mentioning their name, it continuously mentions exceptions. And it warns us again and again that beware that by declaring the Jews as Maghdoob, you must not reject that nation as a whole, or you must not declare them deserving hell as a whole Similarly declaring the Christians at Dwal you must not reject them as a nation and claim God forbid that all of them are hellish, unpious and removed from God Repeatedly the Holy Quran has stated that among them also are very good people among them are people who believe sincerely and we assure them that as long as they will continue to practice their teaching according to their own concepts, they face no danger, and their reward is certainly with God. Therefore, when the chapter al fatiha mentioned people without naming their nation, it has diverted our attention to this fact, and even in this there is a message of hope, that such nations who for a thousand years, two thousand years, And for 4,000 years having been grateful to God repeatedly and rejected his commandments and continue to oppress his people. Among them also there is a room for the pious and the room for piety. So the faith brought by Muhammad Mustafa may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him which is a perfect religion to say that the people attached to that faith, that they all deserve hell and have all become unbelievers and faithless will be a great in therefore in this there is especially a lesson for the Jamaat Ahmadiyya where Hazrat promised Messiah may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him has used harsh words about such people who had crossed all limits in their tyranny excess and animosity and behaved Wickedly and cruelly towards promised Messiah, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. That language relates only to those few people who had gone beyond all limits in mischief, vicious schemes, and tyranny. They have no connection with the Muslim masses. For example, Haramistu Messiah has himself explained this subject in another place. He says As far as the general Muslims are concerned, I have a limitless love for them. Among them are pious people and godly people, and according to the news given by God, they are people of high stations among them. Among them
1: are...
0: Therefore, Jamaat Ahmed should also learn this humility from the chapter Al-Fatiha you must remember that there is no surety of the salvation of each one of us because in each nation there are such exceptions that bad people can be born among good people and good people can be born among the bad people. Therefore, it made no mention of a nation in the Ananta group nor it in any nation in the mention of and dual groups and left it open-ended. The basis is the same and the touchstone for the decision is the same that each person and each nation which develops a deep link with these four attributes of God which have been mentioned in the chapter Al-Fatiha and purifies themselves from all other adulterations they will be include in the group of if Allah's grace accompanies them. And they should truly be sincere in their link. But there can be exceptions among them and will continue to be there. Therefore, we should always be watchful, watchful of our own self. And as a Jamaat, we should be watchful over our brothers, our sisters, our children, our men, our women the old and the young. So where you will say other prayers, you should try also to reform yourself, keeping in view these subjects as you recite the chapter Mm -hmm. Al-Fatiha and try to develop in you intelligence and try always to keep your intellect awake and at the same time you should pray for your brothers and for the weak and neglectful people, that may Allah develop an intelligent man in all of them, which will be the start of a new creation. Where the Holy Quran has mentioned a new creation, that new creation develops from within man, and its start is made in a similar way, that from neglectful man, an intelligent man takes birth. He slowly opens his eyes, begins to move, and begins to see its inner situation, and it sheds its darkness. And when he rubs his eyes, he can see more light. Then gradually it is the awareness of his own self which changes into the in-depth knowledge of the Divine, and a new creation manifests from within man. So in this Ramadan, you should pray specially for yourself and for the mankind, that they make toll claims. Allah should at least give them some intelligence. In my recent sermons about Gulf, I had indicated with painful feelings some approaching dangers. One of them was that from the Middle East we see the peace disappearing for good. The fears had expressed, as is the phrase, the ink had not yet dried when the words were fulfilled. It happened exactly like that. As soon as the war ended, Israel started blaming Syria that now we no longer face a danger from Iraq, but now we are facing danger from Syria. And the same things which were previously said about Iraq are being said about Syria. are dangers which I had mentioned, it wasn't, God forbid, that I had coined some news of the unseen, but every man examines the situation and makes some conclusions. Similarly, as far as I understood the temperaments of these nations and made some rough estimates, and my guess was that Iraq will be split up It is possible that they may have reached some private agreements, you can capture this part and the others can occupy such and such other part. Whatever rebellion is happening in Iraq, it is said that it has no connection with the other nations. But those who know the history of this century know it full well that wherever rebellion has happened, other nations are always involved. In the present times, the ordinary people have no power to be organized. Whatever rebellion is happening in Iraq, it is said that it has no connection with the other nations. But those who know the history of this century know it full well, that wherever rebellion has happened, other nations are always involved. In the present times, The ordinary people have no power to fight the organized armies. As long as they receive no foreign help, as long as they receive no encouragement from outside, it is not at all possible that they any organized rebellion in a country. You know what happened in Afghanistan. If America had withdrawn its backing of Mujahideen, Whatever happened there was not possible. It could never have happened. If in Vietnam, Soviet Union had withdrawn its backing of the North Vietnam, then whatever exemplary defeat America suffered eventually was not possible. It was a period of nearly eight and a half years passed there in the state of war. That war could have been ended in a few months, if against America, Soviet Union was not helping them therefore the dangers from outside did exist before and they exist today but previously they were faced from two directions
1: mm-hmm. and
0: now they are faced only from one direction therefore you must especially pray in this Ramadan now that there is only one power which has prevailed over the world and that power is of America and its allies it is such a great power that a power like it has never risen in the world till today. That it has prevailed over all the world in such a way that each opposing power has kneeled before it. May Allah not let this power have an opportunity to oppress people. There is a great need for this prayer. It is necessary to pray that Allah may give America awareness and that instead of becoming a God, it should try to become a representative of God. If America truly wants to benefit from its power and wants to establish peace in the world, then there is no solution beside this, that America should establish itself on justice, because without justice, peace cannot be established in the world. And whoever is established on justice can become a representative of God but cannot God because this is a deep secret that the idolatry is born because of the lack of justice the just people of God cannot be idolaters therefore the just people of Allah cannot make claims of divinity so for America you should pray that as never before An opportunity has been granted to any nation in the world which has been granted to America. May America use its power to fill the world with justice and should give peace to the world as a result of justice. And may Allah not it claim divine power for itself and with force and power and as a result of partiality and political plots it should try to force the world to acknowledge its superiority. If America did this, then as I have already mentioned, Allah does give some respite to such nations, but does not allow them much time. And then Allah much time. opposite to that the third world. no support in the world for them. Therefore, you should pray that they should develop contact with the God of heaven. They should develop contact with that God whose roof protects the entire universe. And as a result, Allah will protect them for trials. And even this is not possible as long as they are not established on justice that powerful are tyrant. This secret needs understanding, and you must fix it in your mind, that the poor and the weak can also become tyrant. The difference is that either they are not able to rise their tyranny, or they exercise it less. So to be an oppressor. Or not to be an oppressor relates to the inner inclinations of man. As far as I have seen even in the third world most of the countries are such that they have used tyranny. The same Saddam Hussein because of one-sided bombardment on whose Iraq the hearts of all the Muslims were bleeding and were suffering great pain now he has internal freedom To use tyranny to suppress the rebellion And to annihilate it He is now using more force Than what is permitted With fear of Allah There is a force in defense of a force Which the Holy Quran has allowed And it does not interfere In the way of fear of Allah But with the condition of That you must not commit Excess in return You must not take revenge in this way that whatever is done to you, you should do more oppression, or that you should do oppression by trampling upon human values. So whether this tyranny is being done against the Kurds or against the Shias, of whatever form it is, each nation has a fundamental right that it should crush rebellion, but it does not have the right that it should kill them with the torment of fire as America had done atrocities on the Iraqis with the napalm bombs or killed them with gas or acids. If these things which are being mentioned are true, then we know that there were atrocities on that side and there are atrocities on this side also. Then our prayer, which I had reminded you of, that, O Allah, give victory to the truth, to which account will it go? In that case, truth was left only this much, that Iraq's attack on Kuwait was unlawful and it should have withdrawn from Kuwait. So as far as the withdrawal from Kuwait was concerned, our prayer was accepted. After that, if the truth is not on either side, both sides are committing atrocities, then this prayer will go in no one's account and will not be accepted in anyone's favour. So you should pray that Allah may grant truth to the people. The time has now come that man is bankrupt, is deprived of morality, is deprived of the truth. If the poor nations do not commit atrocities on their neighbour countries, then they commit atrocities on their own citizens. Everyone with power is oppressing the weak in such a time of turmoil when as though the power has this sanction that it should carry out all kind of tyranny and oppression and there should be none to stop it. During such a time the relations of the nations are established on injustice. So today when Allah has given this position to America that it no longer has any rival. If it had some compulsion in the past, then it has no longer any compulsion. And Allah has given it disposition so that without any fear, it should try to establish peace in the world. Such an opportunity may never be in its grasp again. And if the first steps are taken wrongly today, it will no longer be possible to correct them. Therefore, I specially remind the Jama'at to pray that it is Allah alone who can give this good fortune to the American nation after it has gained this honor that it has risen as the greatest nation of the world, that it should not use this power against mankind and against itself, but should try to establish peace as a result I will lengthen their position of power and the world will enjoy peace for centuries but there are signs from which I fear that this may not be possible so in this other situation you should pray for the third world and pray for weak countries that Allah may develop justice in their hearts and develop mercy in their hearts and may enable them to to rebuild their moral values anew because a powerful nation cannot be fought with power but the powerful nations can certainly be fought with high morals this is the secret which the Holy Quran has disclosed to us so if a nation becomes strong in morals and should reform itself and should develop balance and should avoid lust and greed and should learn to lead of contentment, and should develop capacity to create heaven in its poverty, then no power can conquer such a nation. There is no better defense for man than high moral values. Therefore, I give this advice repeatedly to the third world countries, that you should reform your internal situation, and reform your morals, And reform your internal relations and develop humbleness. If you cannot stop your dependence on the nations immediately then at least make a plan that as soon as possible you will renounce your dependence on foreign nations and will lead a life of self-respect even if it is a life of poverty. If the third world accepted this advice and they did supplications, and they were accepted. And if not all, but some countries began to adopt it gradually, then we will be able to feel confident that if the powerful countries made a mistake, it will not harm mankind greatly, because the weak countries will continue to avoid those harms because of reforming themselves and they by themselves will prepare their defense. If this did not happen, then you would that there will be wars in many places. Poor nations will fight other poor nations. They will buy weapons from the rich countries, and sucking the blood of their poor citizens, they will arrange to spill the blood of their poor neighbors. This is the summary of this world and is such a detestable summary but it is a fact that when you put a glance on politics deprived of morality you can make no other summary Therefore, in this Ramadan you should especially pray that Allah may give mankind intelligence, righteousness and justice and should enable Jamaat Ahmadiyya that despite being so weak it should perform the most important historical role in this period through prayers.
1: Alhamdulillah, I am a man who is wa من يهدي الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي الله الله لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له فنشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله واذو هيا سيل لكم ولا ذكر الله اكبر